0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You've now tuned in to the Drawing Board Podcast, a powerful, thought-provoking discussion where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. Thank you for tuning in to The Drawing Board Podcast with your host, Andre Ebron, the host and the author of the book, The Drawing Board. It is a thought-provoking, powerful discussion that challenges the listener to examine their life and reimagine the possibility. It's built upon the scriptural (laughs) principles that says all things are possible to them that believe. Tonight is a hot night with hot topics. We're going to talk about... Family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. On the show tonight, I have the beautiful, the illustrious, the immaculate, the sexy, the sensual, the one and only, the love of my life. I'm telling you, she is the feminine expression of my masculinity. The one that makes my heart jump and skip a beat. Wait, it just happened. Yeah, so I want to introduce you to the beautiful, the woman who is... So much to me. Y'all see that tear in the left eye? Wow. My wife, Shalisa Ebron. Hello, everyone. I almost said your middle name. I almost said it. All right, speaking to the mic. And to my main man, we come <laughs> from the struggle to the double. Yes. All right? yes. sir. From the struggle to the double. Don't try to take that That's trademark. I'm going to trademark it after this. From the <laughs> struggle to the double, my man, Jay Hill. Everybody say what up, Jay. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? All right. So tonight, it's a a great night. And uh, what I like to take, I took it from a video you just made released about Jay Hill uh, speaks and all of the work you do with professionals and all of that. And I'll get into all of that. But you said something uh, when you were making your appeal to companies and you said, I will cause your professionals, your employees to stand taller in their purpose. Yes, sir. And so tonight I want to talk about standing tall in your purpose. It is one thing to discover your purpose. It's another thing to be self-aware of what God has called you to do or what you feel to do. But tonight we're going to talk about standing tall in your purpose. Like once you're aware of it, are you confident enough to do what is needed? Have you counted the cost? Have you understood that there's a bigger picture and a bigger vision? Have you done the things to prepare yourself for the opportunity that you say that you really want? And are you willing to stand tall in your purpose? So let's get into it. I'm going to introduce now. Here goes the formal introduction of uh, the beautiful, the sensual, the sexy, my wife, um, a cat, a native, a native of Detroit, Michigan, who I like to say grew up on the porch. Wow! All right. Wow. Um. You, wow. Now you know how it is. Uh, she wow. she had a awesome great grandfather and an awesome great grandmother. And she was not allowed to go into the neighborhoods like everybody else. I did. She had to go and she played on the porch. Everybody had that neighbor and that friend. I'm very thankful right now to Grandpa and Grandma Ships. Thank you for making her play on the porch, all right? Because that made her an awesome wife, all right? Was not exposed to all that riffraff. See, they was saving you for me. Look at God, all right? He's good. Yeah. Wow. So a native Detroiter. (laughs) Uh, grew up on the east side of Detroit and who is a cash tech graduate shout out to ct that's when you're supposed to shout your school out Shalise. ct all right She's ct all right oh wait a minute hold on we got some haters in the building but uh to king also uh wait a minute is my sister watching all right storm are you watching listen shout out to king as well you know so my storm my stormy uh, Storm Carmichael, Victor Carmichael, Victor that Carmichael my Jr. That was
1: 7th and 8th hour school. Yeah, <laughs> I and Verline.
0: Uh, Shalisha, you can't tell the people you were skipping 7th and 8th hour. I passed. She was, was skipping 7th and 8th hour to go to King. People thought she went to King, but she really went to Cass. So because she wasn't on the porch. She was not on the porch. <laughs> <laughs> I knew she was not where she was supposed to be. I like to always believe that from birth, that God was preparing her to be my wife and likely preparing me to be her husband. So... Yes, I'm so glad again for you growing up on the porch. Uh, Graduated from Cass Tech as well as graduated from Spring Arbor University. Shout out to Spring Arbor. SAU. All right, SAU. She is an educator. She began her educational journey at Friends School of Detroit. She then went to National Heritage Academy at Warndale Charter Academy. She then proceeded on to Cornerstone Charter Schools. I have to, this is one of the strongest school families other than where I currently work, you know, Dawson Elementary Middle School shout out. Whoop whoop. Let's go, Eagles. Uh, but Lincoln King Academy, I like to say over there off of Schaefer and Grove, they had one of the most family like structures that I've ever seen in my life. If listen, if I went in there and I was hungry and and I needed to eat, they would feed me. If I went in there and I needed a new pair of pants, somewhere they would find a 38-32. I don't know where they had it or where they were hiding it, but they would have it. If I needed a hug, they had the love there. If I just wanted to hang out, they would put me to work. All right? I didn't even go in there for mentoring. But somehow I ended up... Ebron, come talk to this class real quick. They need you. These boys need you. <laughs> and they put me to work in mentoring. In fact, Jay, you had... uh, Jay Hill Speaks was at Lincoln King.
2: Yes, yes sir, I was. Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: So, I mean, it's great. It's just a whole family reunion here. Shout out to the Lincoln King Academy L-K-A. family. LKA. And if I I cannot not shout out WPA, where I was the dean of students for years. Washington Parks Academy, give it up. All right. And then let's talk... Now she's at... Well, she was at Star Detroit Academy. Which was an extension of Star Commonwealth. And then now she is at Distinctive College Prep. I always like to say that when my wife was working in schools, she can disagree with me publicly if she would like. I'd like to say that she has been being a principal since she's been working in schools, Jay. Oh yeah,
2: she was a principal at Lincoln King. No, I was She was not. a great assistant assistant above beyond a principal.
0: Yeah, so she, mm. was, she was hired in as a first-grade teacher. I was the
1: liaison she was hired the administration. The leadership. She yeah. was
0: hired in as a first-grade teacher when she first started working there.
1: That's right.
0: But then for all things administrative, all things operational, all things familial, all things project-wise, they would always go to her. I agree. And I would <laughs> say, baby, why don't you just go ahead and become a principal? No, thank Because if you. they're going to give you the work, why don't you go ahead and get the pay? Yes. Right? No, Standing tall in in your purpose, amen and amen again. Finish this. All right, let me finish this introduction. <laughs> um, she is a wife of fourteen years to this handsome, six foot, chocolate brother. Wow. I like to say, you know, very, very, uh, very kind and generous. Do you know who that man is? I
1: think he might be reading this. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes,
0: he's reading this, this bio. Extended bio, extended bio mm-hmm. with all type of ad libs. Yes, there um, are. She is the mother of two awesome and amazing children, Christian, our daughter. Yes. Wow, she'll be thirteen in two months. I know about that thirteen. I'm Woo, living it. Thirteen in two months, and then Andre Ebron II, our son, who just turned eleven. Uh, she is the eldest of four. Um, she between she and her next sibling is fourteen years. That's right. So Shania, AJ, and Brittany, we love you. Shout out! Uh, shout out to you all. <laughs> You are a daughter. You are a granddaughter. Uh, you are a TT. Um, that's right. And, um, to my sister and my mom in Indiana, we love you all. Love you. And, uh, to Alea, uh, she is uncle's baby until, uh, TT Lisa shows up.
1: That's right. Uh,
0: she calls my phone and she says, Hey, Uncle. I said, Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. I said, You being good? Yes, I'm being good. Okay. Where's TT Lisa? <laughs>
2: Your your yeah. intro was done.
0: Right. And that's it. Like, okay, we got all the formalities out of the way. Now, where is TT, Lisa? So, uh, Shalisa, I'm excited to have you on board. And I do have to shout out that you are a ministry leader as well. Uh, I think one of the best ministries in the entire world, entire universe, uh, the ministry of Kano's International Church, what I, as I like to say, the baddest pastor in the land, my pastor, your pastor, the world's pastor, Dr. Carol E. Dixon, the chief apostle,
1: right? Yes.
0: Amen. Shout out Kanos International Church. And if you're not busy between the hours of 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. on tomorrow, <laughs> you can come to Hallelujah Night. Yes. There will be s'mores. There will be um, hot cocoa. There will be a lot of candy and a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, we're not just posing an alternative to Halloween, <laughs> but we're actually reclaiming every Every day belongs to God. And so we want to say hallelujah because it is Jay, the highest, highest praise. praise. All right. Yeah. The highest. highest praise. All right. So you are a missionary. You are a youth leader. Mm-hmm. You sing on the praise and worship team. Mm-hmm. You're part of the media uh center. Mm-hmm. And uh when I was a deacon, you were a deaconess.
2: Yep. Yeah. And she's a Proverbs
0: 31. Proverbs 31. She's woman. virtuous. Who shall find a virtuous woman? Oh. Her, her price is far above roots. Yes. All right? Oh, I found yes. mine. A man that findeth a wife, find findeth a good thing, thing oh, and obtaineth Lord. favor from the Lord. Yes, he All is. right? So, yeah, I'm glad to have you here, Shalisa. Welcome. Thank you. All right? And let me read about my main man, Jay. Jay Hill grew up as an only child in Pittsburgh, PA. Did you know that my family's from... Uh, the East Coast? Yes, sir. Yeah. So I spent some time out there in Philly Uh, in between when I graduated high school and when I went to college. I was living in um Collingdale Springfield, okay. which is right outside. I worked at Progress Bank. Yeah. And I worked in Norristown. And so, yeah, shout out to Philadelphia. Shout out to Pittsburgh. Shout out to PA. Uh, His years as a young adult showcased a world of self-centered activity. But when the saving grace of God took a hold of him... He submitted to Christ and completely changed his life. Jay now focuses on becoming a better person, first for God, his family, and for all the individuals as all the individuals he has inspired during his 15 plus year tenure of motivational speaking and professional development. Jay encourages and empowers students and professionals to reach their goals. Jay has shared his views on leadership and the importance of overcoming obstacles to numerous education and corporate institutions throughout the Midwest. And, Jay, you would say that we're changing minds? In moments. Changing minds in moments. You know what? I I realize that life is composed of several moments. Correct. And if you seize the moment, uh, that moment has the opportunity and the ability to change your life. Push you forward. To push you forward. And so what I love about moments is you also have the power to create them. Yes, sir. All right, that sounds good, man. So here's some some of what his where his motivational speaking has taken him. It has taken him to speak before the Michigan Wolverines football team, the Cincinnati Bengals, S A U Spring Arbor University Ooh, yep. athletes in action, Coca Cola, multiple Detroit and Harperwood schools. I want to tell you this is if you're looking for someone to come uh, ignite your uh, whether it's an event that you're having. Or if you want someone to come to speak to the children to get them on track and you're looking for a program that has structure and will provide mentoring and substance to your youth, tap into Jay Hill Speaks. Uh, he also has done some corporate and collegiate workshops here. Let's listen to some of these titles. and I'm going to ask you about them. Find the leader in you. Sounds like a journey. Sounds like a lot of digging. Sounds like a lot of digging. Yes. Uh, leader. Now, this is something that stands. We could do a whole show on this.
2: Leadership ethics. There's a um how can I say this the right way? We have a lot of people in power who are ethically horrible to me. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not gonna do it the right way in character, how can you lead people? And people will follow your negativity or your positivity. And a leader to me is loyal, empowering, assertive, determined, educated, and respectful.
0: Oh but- wait a minute, rewind. Rewind, then press play. A leader is what?
2: Loyal, empowering, assertive, determined, educated, and respectful. Okay. But if you don't have any core values for self, how can you lead people well? Core values. Jay, what are some of your core values? Those exact ones I just said. Okay. Prior to me, my life changed. I didn't have any values. My values were, if you do the opposite of what a leader is in a negative sense, a leader is lazy, he's evil, he's angry. And they have a a great sense of depth in their mind of how they want to treat people. And they don't want to empower people because they're rebellious. So my mindset at, 17, 18 years ago was just to take advantage of people the best way I knew how, and that was to manipulate them to give me what I wanted and not be selfless to them to give them what they need.
0: Okay, Jay, I feel a powerful moment right here. So let's go ahead and change some minds in some moments. Speak to somebody who might right now, they know that they're a leader, but they're leading in a negative direction. How did you make that change in that flip?
2: The only way you're going to change your mind is through Jesus. You can't do it any other way. It's not your mentor. It is not your dad. It's not your mom. They're a part of your process. But your total process comes through the word. And if you even live live out of Romans 12, 1 and 2, because you cannot be conformed to this world, your mind has to be. There's a daily transformation, but you got to begin the process of wanting to sacrifice and wanting to give away what is not even yours. Because you don't even belong to yourself because we belong to God. And at the end of everything, if you submit to him, his throne, Things will begin to happen in your life, will change your perspective, change your mind, and then you will have different moments in your life where you're glorifying the king instead of glorifying yourself.
0: Okay. Awesome. So Romans twelve and one and verse verse one and two says, "I beseech you, therefore, brother,
2: to present your by body, the mercies
0: of God, yes, to present your body as a living, a living sacrifice, holy and, and acceptable unto and to God, God, which is your reasonable, reasonable service. service." And be ye not conformed to, to this, this world, world, but be ye transformed, ye transformed by the, the renewing, renewing of your
2: mind.
0: mind. All right, my wife. I'm not sure where she's going. She's adjusting. Oh, it's okay. The sign. Oh, the sound. Okay. Can you hear me now? Hello. Can you hear me now? All right. Well, for those of you tuning in via Facebook live, I apologize for the technical difficulties. For those tuning in for uh, podcastdetroit.com, I know that you hear us loud and clear. We're coming across your radio, your station or your ear, your, your earbuds loud and clear. Uh, Shalisa. Yes. Uh, Wife of mine. Beautiful. Um, I'm going to give you a compliment every chance I can. You know that's how I roll. I do. Um, What are some of your core values?
1: Well, I would say that um, some of my core values include being a giver. I think charity and giving to others and helping others is definitely something that I do too much of because— you always say, babe, that shouldn't be free. <laughs> so I'm always wanting to help and give to others. And um something else I guess would be um um something else I guess would be that I am a person who um Will give my best and give my all to what I'm involved in. I don't want to have do anything. I want to give it my best and I want to do my best and I want to be the best. So,
0: awesome. Doing the best, being the best, giving your best. And like we're called to give. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, uh, Shalice, I definitely could say that you always give. And Jay could testify to this as well uh, because he's seen you work with children, Mm -hmm. he's seen you in your work environment with some of your. Uh, some coworkers who are may, maybe a little touched, you know. Uh, yeah, I said it. You, you know you have co-workers on your job that might be a little touched. Uh, special. Yeah, a little special. <laughs> and, Shalisa, you have a way of working with people that other people just cannot work with. Like, there's always that one in the building that sets the whole building on fire, just gets everyone angry and upset. And you know whose room they seem to find? They seem to find your room. I used to walk in uh, to your classroom and I'm figuring out why are there so many grown folks in this room? (laughs) I know these grown people need to be tending to these kids somewhere, but they're coming to you for counseling. Uh, They're coming to you because they need help. And one thing I've never seen you do is I've never seen you turn away anyone who sincerely needed your help. Now, I might have fussed about it. I'm not going to hold it up. I might have fussed about it. Yes. But the main reason is I did not want people to come ask for help in a way if they weren't prepared to implement what it is that you were going to say. Uh, case in point, we were in college. And if you're watching, I love you. You know, that was a long time ago. But somebody, it was like 3.30 in the morning. And my wife had eight o'clock. She wasn't my wife then. I think we were we engaged then. Mm-mm. Oh, you were just my girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, my girlfriend. Stop All it. All right. And. Jay, somebody came to her at 3:30 in the morning and knocked on her door, woke her up out of her sleep to talk about their trifling no-good boyfriend. (laughs) And I said, Shalisa, they knew he was trifling and no good when they started dating him. And they're not gonna disrupt your sleep to talk about an issue and a problem that they're not prepared to change. Your office hours are.
1: Wow. (laughs)
0: From 8 (laughs) a.m. until because here's, here's one thing. Uh, let's talk about it, guys. Feel free to chime in. Uh, when you're helping people, what a lot of people don't realize is there there is sometimes some personal injury that occurs to you extending sometimes far because it's in your heart to help. They know that you're willing to help, but they don't understand that it costs you something to give unto them.
1: Well, the thing about it is mm-hmm. that I am the way that I am. Is that's the way that God made me? He gave me this heart to help. He gave me the means by which to help. He gave me the answers, and He gave me everything that I need to assist others. So, if you do somebody, if you do me wrong, or you think you're doing me wrong, you're it's it's no sweat off my back. And I tell you this all the time: like I, it doesn't matter to me because I'm not doing it for any. Uh, Self glory, but you know, the glory goes to God. You know, He gifted me with the things that I have to give to others and to help others. So, as long as I do what you know I feel led to do and to help others, then I'm doing my part, it's off my back. You know, how the scripture says, you know, work as unto the Lord. Work
0: as unto the Lord. That's
1: literally, I when I'm doing it, I'm not thinking about what it's costing me because I know that. My payment will come from God, you know, and blessing me to do those things that I have in my heart to do.
2: What do you think about that, Jay? Well, simultaneously to the reverse of that, um, the enemy will constantly bring people your way who can drain your water. Okay. And so it comes to a point that sometimes because we're such giving individuals that people will come and they know that and they will drain you and you have to protect and you have to guard your heart from just too much Because we become so busy in benefiting others that we're not benefiting ourselves by being busy with God, but we become busy with the enemy's work. And he wants us to constantly be moving and shaking and not resting and sitting to hear even hear for God, to even empower somebody with God's authority and not our own wise words. And so, like, busy to me for Satan is being under Satan's yoke. And he will always try to choke us in doing things that are unnecessary. Sometimes we got to learn how to say no at 3.30 in the morning. We got to say no sometimes at 8 a.m. in the morning. And we got to figure out our Sabbath. And if we don't have a Sabbath, then how can we know how we need to lead people?
0: Oh, that's great. So let's bring balance to that. So, Celice, I hear you saying that God has equipped you as a helper. And regardless of how people may treat you or respond to the help you give, You work, you're working as unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to worry about someone trying to take advantage of you because your reward comes from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then Jay is also saying that there is a balance to this where you have to exercise some self-care, which means that if you're not willing to dig wells to get water, you're not going to come and drink all of mine. Right. All right. So we're not talking about if the glass is half full or half empty. It means that you can't put your lips on my glass if you're not willing to also bring some water. It means that there has to be some reciprocation in this. And uh, I was talking to one of my good friends, and we understand sometimes there are some relationships that you won't be in a position, uh, it won't be equally reciprocal. means that sometimes God positions you to be the one sowing into their life so that they in turn may go and sow into someone else's life. And uh, I heard my pastor say, a lot of times you may not reap a harvest in the same direction that you sowed the seed. Correct. Correct. And so there is a balance to that. And you have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit uh, when you're doing these things. Um, You have to be sensitive because, you know, uh, there's a covenant between the seed and the soil. And as long as you're sowing seed, the principle says, as long as the earth remain, both cold and hot, summer and winter, seed time and harvest shall also remain. So if my motive is pure in giving it, I don't have to worry about whether I'm going to receive a harvest.
2: Because it should never be about what you're going to receive because you're doing it because that's the way you're led. And when you're led by God, then you're going to har- There's going to be a harvest by that. But sometimes we look at it a situation and then we say, well, I'll do this because I'm expecting this. If you have an expectation to receive, you won't receive.
0: Well, I, let's challenge that day. Let's chop that up. So you aren't supposed to give to receive. But you understand in principle that if I give, He promised to be my exceeding great reward.
2: And so I'm a and I I agree with you and disagree with you simultaneously because I believe that everything that we're doing, we're doing to honor God. Absolutely. And then when we're doing it to honor God, we're sitting with God in the midst of when people come in front of me and they're asking me things. I'm asking God, okay, what is this? What should I do? Mm-hmm. And how should I serve? Okay. And if I don't get a clarity about it because they're coming to be a drain, then I am i don't want to do it just because it's something that sounds good. I want to do it because this is what the Holy Spirit is leading me to do. I mean, because everything, when Jesus was led through Samaria, he met a woman. And he met this woman because he was led there. He wasn't supposed to go around in the culture and content of that time. He wasn't supposed to be in that area because there was a rift. And so when he sat there and had a conversation and her truth came out because of his questions, then she became his first evangelist. And then she drew people to Christ, but simultaneously the same people that Jesus had been rolling with went into town to go get food, but they didn't even draw nobody back. They went for a specific reason to gain food, but then she got a word and would never be thirsty again and then went in and said, look. I got to listen to this guy that I just had a conversation with because we shouldn't even be in a conversation. And he told me some things about myself. So I, I think that we just have to be careful on what we do and why we're doing it.
0: OK, great. It sounds like I'm hearing these principles that my pastor teaches. Uh, it sounds like there's sometimes there could be good ideas, but it's not a God idea. Correct. Uh, sometimes it could be a good relationship, but it's not a God relationship. And what we're looking for is being able to stand tall in our purpose. Now, we're getting ready to jump into a very sensitive topic, one of my favorite topics, Um, marriage. Let's talk about marriage. All right. Jay, how
2: long have you been married? It'll be 14 years on December 11th. December
0: 11th, man, that's after an awesome day. Yes.
2: Yeah, my birthday yes. is December the 10th. I
0: know that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I know that. Man, you you, knew, you must have sensed from God that that was <laughs> oh, going to be a wow. good time.
2: That's why I made it the day after, because I know the 10th is a holiday.
0: Man, let me tell you. Hey, I heard about, <laughs> there is another account. It is not, it's not scriptural, nor is it scientific. But I heard that the moon stood still on December the 10th. You know? No, I'm joking. Listen, we're having a lot of fun. And uh, Mrs. Ebron, how long have you been married?
1: 14 years.
0: 14 years. So we got married around the same time, Jay. We're going on 15, uh, May 28th. So uh, I have to tell you, on in May 2004... That's I my t-
2: daughter's birthday, just so you know. Oh, oh see, amazing. Look, look, at, look at God. Look, look at God. At He's so good. <laughs> my
0: God. He, won't he do it? Hey, won't he do this it? This time. Yes, every time. Uh, so my May 2004 went like this. I graduated May 1st from Tri-State University, which is now trying university I moved to Detroit May 2nd. I started a new job May 10th. And then I married this beautiful queen on May 28th. So we've been married now going on 15 years uh, on the 16th of November, which is why our first date, that's the, our first date anniversary. We'll be together for 16 years. So how long have you been with your wife?
2: Well, we met um, March uh, 13th of 204. OK. And we got married. Um, the same year, in December 11th. So we've known each other six months after we met is six months when we got married.
0: Oh, you took that mandate serious, leave and cleave. Right? Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, once you once you
2: know it's God, then you know it's God. All right, yeah. so let's talk about that. But we have uh, some indiscretions, though. So but.
0: Okay, well, listen, those indiscretions, we can talk about those because I'm sure somebody viewing us right now is probably booed up. Yes. And, and having some indiscretions. <laughs> yes. But uh, yes. what's important
2: I agree <laughs> oh, and so, no. For
0: those of you listening and tuning in As you can tell we're having a lot of fun uh, But we're talking about some serious topics So Jay I have a question And this is a, a question out there For a lot of singles I know Who are asking and probably some married people Who feel like they've made a mistake Like, How do you
2: know When you found the one I was um, I met my wife in a gym And we were talking And then we went and played a game, a bunch of us, because she came through Campus Crusade and stayed in the Joy of Jesus for a week. Her and a, about three other colleges, about sixty students. Then we went and were playing pool in the pool room, and so I, I was, it was just weird. So I was just asking a question. So I asked her this one particular question: which is just, like, I want this just to say. I said, "Would you ever date a a Chinaman?" I said just like that. Didn't say Asian, and then she said, "Well, yeah, I mean." if that's what God sent. And um, I was like, oh, that was my cue. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, I'm brown, you white. I'm like, this is going to be all right. right. And so, because, you know, once you go white, you're always right. I'm just saying. (laughs) So. uh, Oh, Lord. Oh, (laughs) uh, Oh, Lord. So, but, um, but then in May of that same year, I was actually dating another young lady at the time when I met my wife. So the old me would be with this one and that one. And I didn't want to do that. But I knew there was something about my wife. I just didn't know what it was. And so one day I'm talking on the phone and I'm talking to the young lady that I was dating at the time. And we were, you know, it wasn't just, it wasn't a good match. Okay. And she's a great person, but she was for somebody else. Okay. And so one of the. Is that, I, is that a line? Listen, you're a great person. But you're for somebody else. Yes. All right. Because when a man don't finds don't a wife, don't use that
0: line. Don't use that line. Don't don't use that line. line. So him to go back to the
2: drawing, drawing board and start all over again. <laughs> Get you an architect. Right. But um, I was. Then she got the phone. Another lady got on the phone, and she was like, "Jay, she's not your wife." And a light just like in my head just came on, and I'm like, "What am I doing?" So I waited her to come back from the conference she was at. We sat down as two adults and we just, you know, both knew there was just some flags. And I said, look, you know, I don't think this is going to work. It would be best for you to be with someone else and me to be with someone else. And then my wife had reached out to me like twice when um, she had left. And I never called back because I was just I didn't want to be that way. Mm. And so I called my wife one day on the phone and left her a long message and apologize that I didn't reach back.
0: Did it, did it used to be like one of those messages back in the day where you had the music in the background playing? <laughs> oh, I th- and you had the phone close. Oh, hey, listen.
2: Yeah.
0: It I, was, I threw it in there. You did. I know you did. It was good to see you praise the Lord. <laughs> wow. You
2: were, you were
0: at the Joy of Jesus camp, the way you lift your hands unto God.
2: Yes, thank you, Jesus.
1: <laughs> oh, my. But it was
2: it was a good conversation. And then... We, you know, to be honest with you people, listen, the only way to do it is really God's way, Mm -hmm. but we didn't do it that way because we both were in love with God, but we decided to become intimate before marriage. All right. And my daughter came from that intimacy, and there was, there's some issues that happened because we didn't do it God's way, but there is no way that I would, not because my wife got impregnated with my child, um, that wasn't why we got married. We got married because I knew who she was, but I couldn't wait because I put too much confidence in my flesh. And I didn't trust God through this process because sometimes your loneliness can lead to lust. Remember that because you're lonely for something that you desire and you want to grab to and you want. But you really in those moments that you want that guy or that young lady to come to your house is when you really need to sit with God. So he can feel your heart, what your heart really needs, and not what you're trying to gravitate to. But now on December 11th, there's, I mean, I love my wife. Amen. Like, she gets on my nerves. Right. I get on her nerves. Yeah. We have our challenges, but I love my wife. There is, he loves his wife. I do.
1: Shout I, out to Erica. Woo shout woo.
2: out Erica. But I have, Erica, a, I have a great, Erica. I have a great <laughs> wife. So,
0: yeah, you do. Uh, she's awesome. The one thing that you all, uh, I hadn't, I didn't tell you, but uh, Jay has, he was the commissioner over at Eagle Sports where he coached my son, helped to coach my son in football. I was over there coaching soccer and I coached his daughter and his son in soccer. Can we say undefeated season?
2: <laughs> oh,
0: uh, you could say it was the talent or maybe it was the coaching, <laughs> no. but um. Uh, we have, man, like I said, uh, when I mentioned the fact that we have gone from the struggle to the double, Jay, I remember it was a time, man, when we both were
2: trying to figure out how to put food on the table. It, yes, I mean, running, having your own business. So it, I, I remember being in my basement with Andre when our basement was being fixed and we didn't have certain things. And, you know, God sent people. He provides, you know, for you. And we... Now you look, Andre's an author, Jesse Cole is an author, you know, Otis Bellinger, there's a there's a Quincy Smith, there's a lot of people who are doing a lot of great work. Let me mention. And yes, in our city that is amazing, and without those people being in your corner and motivating you and leading you in the right direction, I don't even know where I would be at because— Jay Hill Speaks is just one piece of what some of the things that I'm doing that God has allowed me to do. But the greatest thing of everything is to watch other people grow right in front of your face. All
0: right. So listen, Shalisa, um, you know, let's talk about marriage. And if you want to call in and you have any questions about marriage, uh, make sure you please call in 248-579-5295. And our friend, our engineer, Kate, will let us know and we'll put you on uh, so we can answer your questions. So um, the one thing before I ask you, Shalise, the good thing about God is that even when you make a poor choice, his grace covers us. Oh, yes. Every and day. So, so when we talk about indiscretions and things of the past, or you might be making some indiscretions now, um, his grace is there to forgive you. Uh, but the one thing about it is even after you ask for forgiveness, you must repent, which means turn totally away from that. Oh, look at that. That was so powerful that the phone fell when I did, <laughs> I did the shift. Uh, but make sure that you turn from it. You know why? We don't ask um, ourselves, nor do we ask our children to not engage in fornication because we want this rigid rules. We ask them to love God. Reverence. And have a reverence for God to know that their body is the temple of God and that they honor him. By giving and keeping chase their temple, that is the reason. So when you do something out of love, it's easier to commit to that than it is out of obligation. So, Mrs. Ebron, we got married two thousand four. That's right, May two thousand four. How would you describe our marriage?
1: I would describe it as um, ever changing, constantly evolving, always something going on or something uh to do or something new and exciting and it's always something like i feel like uh we stay busy and um we really enjoy when we have time to spend with each other just one on one uh so it's always something going on something fresh something new um uh, i feel like the lord uses us to inspire others so
0: absolutely and i have to tell you so I'll get to the nitty-gritty. I'll tell the part, and you can just chime in. Um, being married to my wife is uh, such a blessing because, I'll be honest with you, uh, initially, my heart was not really seasoned with grace. Like, I didn't have a whole lot of grace. This is true. Uh, I was very black and white. It's right or wrong. This is what it is, bottom line, baseline. No gray. No gray. There's no gray area. You You either... Intended it to be right or you intended it to be wrong. And some of you all are just like that, too. One of those people like I just got to tell it like it is. I got to speak my mind. This is I'm coming off the dome. This is what's happening. Um, But you're destroying other people with that. Like you are hurting other people and you feel like you're doing, you know, God a favor by I got to just speak the truth. And for those of you who feel like you have a prophetic mantle on your life and I just got to tell it like it is. One thing I do know about the Holy Spirit is that he will give you the way to say it. that so that the person can receive it out of love, out of love. Mm-hmm. And so the Bible says all things are lawful, but not expedient. And that we have to speak the truth in love, speak the truth in love. And I can hear you all, I can hear you over the internet saying, oh, well, you know, sometimes you got to have tough love and tell people like it is. uh, mm, No. No corrupt Uh, words. Yeah, no, no, no. What you want to do is three things. You want to edify, you want to exhort and you want to comfort. So if you're a true prophet or you feel like you got that mantle, the mandate of the prophet is to prophesy the word. And every time I saw a prophet, he was prophesying life or he was calling something out to present that person an alternative, which was God's way to abundance. Alright, so that was my little plug in there for those who, who feel like you're prophetic and you're destroying people. Um, <laughs> I want, and okay, well, let me practice, let me practice what I'm saying. Not yeah. destroying people. Uh, for those of you who may have that prophetic mantle on your life and you are speaking the truth in a harsh way, that is beating people over the head. Uh, The fact that God says he drew us with his ever loving kindness. And while we were yet in sin, he loved us. It let us know now, especially New Testament believers who are believing in the grace and the mercy of Christ, that we must lift up Christ and present Christ in such a way that it draws them to repentance and that it causes them to seek a better way. Yes, sir. Amen. And so um I know that was here's the interesting thing is I was like that with every everyone else but you. And I knew, well, let me, I'm not going to go into it. Tell me, how did you know that I was the one?
2: Okay. Yeah, let's hear it. Yes. The dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. Six foot brother. Oh, yes. Handsome. Handsome. (laughs) Devonair. How did you know?
1: Well, it was, it was um, a process of time, I would say. Okay. Because. um,
0: Process meaning immediately. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm <laughs> um, it was a process of time because um, I had been praying for my mate and I had very specific things that I had on my list. Um, my wife had a list. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my pastor directed us uh, single women at that time to have our like prayer list, and, you know, put the qualities of the things that we were looking for in a mate on paper and for that to be our point of contact and our point of prayer and that we were praying. So, of course, when you meet someone like you literally go to the list like, well, can I how many things can I check off on the list? You know, and um, if you remember, like when we met each other and when we actually got to the point where we were going to date, we were like it was all on the table. Like, listen, if we go home to visit our church and my pastor don't like you like, uh, it's understood that we're going to go our <laughs> separate ways because we should see some type of sign uh, from our pastors that this is somebody that I accept in or something.
0: So so let's frame it. Uh, <laughs> our pastor now is your godmother. Yes. And my pastor in Fort Wayne at the time was my godfather.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you were active in ministry mm-hmm. and I was active in ministry. Mm-hmm. and these were some things that we knew that God had called us to ministry. Mm -hmm. And so who we hooked up to was very important to fulfilling our God-ordained ministry and what God had purposed for us. Right. And we had that tough conversation in the car. It was like, okay, I love you. Mm -hmm. But when we go home... If my pastor doesn't give you the green light <laughs> like we're gonna have to go our separate ways absolutely wow. and,
1: and we understood it was understood wow. and we, and it was we were understood. both okay and like we okay and we that. liked each other a lot so so
2: let, so let me give you a caveat okay all right so Erica had a pastor in Indiana mm-hmm. right and um we would go to church there he met me then he wanted to give us this test mm-hmm. right? Okay. See compatible, right? Just okay. compatible to us. Yeah. So when we did the thing, he said, well, y'all looking at each other's stuff? I'm like, no. And so his thing was, I don't want you to marry this guy. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. So that was his thing. Mm-hmm. So not saying what you what you guys did was incorrect, but simultaneously I had a different situation where there was this pastor in Indiana who was like, Well, no, you can't marry her, because of whatever his reasons were, mm-hmm. and uh, we even made it like a little joke. Um we We're in Indiana because we just lost our father-in-law, and we were going to— well, my condolences, brother. Thanks. We yeah. were going to go. I was like almost to the point of stopping in Muncie, Indiana, just to go see him because I haven't seen him in a while. My wife has went back to the church, I think— One time since, you know, we've been married and she hadn't been there for a while because a part of her pain that the enemy would always use against her was rejection of men Mm -hmm. from a a grandfather to a dad to her pastor. Important men who intentionally and not intentionally have rejected her. And that's the way she responded to it. So I look at it from the framework if she would have listened to him. I wouldn't have Alexis. I wouldn't have Zach. I wouldn't have Jace because she would have walked away because she was listening to, I could honestly say, his nonsense. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So, yeah, that's a balance there because um, you have to make sure that there's integrity in leadership. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, it's one thing for uh, especially a spiritual leader to lead you according as the Holy Spirit is saying. And it's another thing. For someone else to interject their personal bias. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes people like, here's one thing about our pastors. Um, they, when even when they're preaching, they take us to the word. Yes. And they provoke us and say, you need to learn the word for yourself. That's I mean, right. You need to develop a relationship with God so that you can also train your spirit to discern when God is speaking to you. Right. And then begin to help shape and develop. In fact, the four components of uh, our current church, our pastor teaches, trains, educates, and equips us. Okay. And so that that's comes with Yeah, mm-hmm. right. It comes mm-hmm. with direct leadership. And you'll run into some people who will give you their opinion but won't give you the word. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Because
2: yeah. I think his whole thing was I'm black and she's white. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I was going to an all-black church. Mm-hmm. So even there were people inside of that church itself who— well why are you not marrying someone with inside of the walls of this church mm-hmm. and I and I would say well that's not who God sent me why should I marry someone that doesn't belong to me it doesn't make sense to me and so and I look at it now if I would have continued to listen to the voices that come mm-hmm. you know you got all these voices to come Absolutely. but there's only one voice that you got to listen to that's and right. sometimes it's a whisper sometimes it's through a a sign. Sometimes whatever way God communicates to you, he's going to communicate. But what you continue to say is he'll definitely communicate to you. People say, well, God doesn't speak to me. Well, you're not reading your word because he speaks right to his word. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. God still speaks. So let's talk about this. Um, this is how I knew she was the one. My Goddad told me, he said, when you find a woman who can respect the man you are, and can still love the little boy that's developing on the inside of you. I remember it like it was yesterday. We were driving the, the white van from Indiana. You saw me take that lane. I was like, <laughs> one time back at band camp. No. <clears throat> but I was hurting, brother. And uh, my mom was sick with MS. My little sister uh, was still growing and developing. And I was off in college trying to prepare a better future for everybody. Um You know, I don't know if anyone has ever had the experience of caring for a loved one who is sick. Um, They go through different moves. They go through different emotions uh, when they are not able to perform the same tasks that they would. Um, It can impact the relationships around them. Uh, Since a little boy being 13, I had seen my mom struggle with MS. And I'm talking about a Marine and a social worker who's used to always helping other people and fighting other people's battles. And I talk about it in my book, The Drawing Board. Um, It talks about, you know, me having to learn how to administer um, the medication, you know, through a needle to my mom at the age of 13. So I was hurting, man. And, you know, I had I had got to the point where I was so hurt that my tear ducts would no longer emit uh, tears. Wow. So I felt like what was the reason to cry? Because I got to keep moving. I got to keep working. I got to keep doing these things because Listen, after I cry, I'm still gonna have to get up and work, right, so man, I was hurt, and then in the car, I was talking to her about it, and i'm driving I'm driving i'm <laughs> and i'm and I was able to to release, man, all of those things that I was holding, so I was man, I was a broken guy, and I'll just be honest and transparent if you want to call in, we need to get your calls two four eight five seven nine five two nine five, but when she met me um. I was a junior in college. I had been fasting and abstaining from relations uh, because my goddad prophesied to me that I was gonna meet my wife in college. Uh, freshman year came, I looked around, I said, Oh no, she's not here. <laughs> she's <yeah>. not
2: here. <laughs> she's not, she yeah. not
0: here. So uh, I became part of the ambassadorial team for the university. I said, Oh yeah, I get to see all of the freshmen before everybody, you know? <laughs> so I was like, maybe one of the freshmen coming in or transfer. She's going to be the one. Uh, Sophomore year came. Looked around. Oh, she's not Not here still. Junior year came. I said, now, Lord, I might have to make a compromise here because, you know, (laughs) Lord, I'm doing as much as I can to do the best I can. And, uh, you know, Lord, I need some help. And, um, you know, I just would get encouragement along the way that uh, for those of you who might be single, one of my good friends said, if you take all of the great components of all the people you've dated, and you thought about what that person would look like if all those components aligned, he said to me, "The person that God has for you is much better than that."
2: You better believe it.
0: And so, uh, when I met you, I wasn't. I told you, and I remember that conversation. I said, uh, "I have to tell you, I'm not looking for a girlfriend. I'm looking for a wife." Okay. And your response to me was, "I'm not looking for it at all. I'm waiting to be found."
2: Well, he found you.
0: I found you. <laughs> gotcha. Yahtzee. No. Um, but what would what would be uh Shalice and then Jay, what would be your recommendation uh for singles that twofold what are your recommendation for singles that are preparing for marriage and desire marriage? And then what would be because um, 'cause we've all been in a position where our marriages have gone through the tests and the trials and the fire and, you know, adapting and changing uh, to those people's current needs. I always talk about how I was bringing home flowers for years, mm-hmm. and my wife's, her her likes had changed. Uh, she used to like uh, Reese's Cups. Then it switched to Twix, you know, and I had to be sensitive enough to know, okay, hey, the Reese's Cup is not the look. Uh, she wants the Twix, you know, and, you know, was it left Twix or right Twix? <laughs> okay, I, whichever one that you like. I, I bought both, left Twix wow. and right Twix. Um but what is your advice to singles that are listening in about marriage?
1: Um I would say that you need to know what you're looking for or you need to know have it in your mind, have it in your prayers, have it written down, you know, write the vision, make it plain of what you're looking for and what you want. Really like submit that to prayer, submit that to prayer so that you're not just like when you when you find somebody you're like, "Oh, and then you come up with these qualities after the fact, like happen in your mind ahead of time. Think about what you want. Submit it to prayer. What kind of things, you know, do you mesh well with and things like that. And then the Lord will, it will, it will be clearly, it will be, it'll be clear for you once you do that. Like you, once you know what you're looking for, once you've filled in all your empty areas with yourself and the Lord, you know, so that, because I think that, it was most clear to me when my relationship was like on point with God. Um, You came at a time when that was it. Like prayer life was on point, you know, just um, everything was in line. And then he, then it was time for you to come. But if you would have came before that, like that probably would have been some mess because I wasn't about the right. I was still trying to hang and do my thing. And, you know, so I think that uh, submitting it to prayer having, being ready, you know, having, um, everything written down and, um, just being able, having that relationship with God where you can, you know, you know, you know, and it's not a question like, is this, is is it him? Is it not him? The Lord will tell you, it'll, he'll give you a piece. He'll send words of confirmation. So, um, I think that's, that would be my advice.
0: Absolutely. And my v- advice to the men out there, and then Jay's going to speak to it, is my goddad told me, when you find the one, pull out all the stops. Let me tell you, I was a broke college student. <laughs> but I would visit her every week, and every single week, I found a way to get her a gift. Not that she asked for a gift, but I was trying to, I was trying to dote on her. I was trying to spoil her. I was trying to let her know what she meant to me. I prepared things based upon studying her and knowing what her favorite things are. The Bible says dwell with her according to knowledge that your prayers be not hindered. Uh, So you got to learn your spouse, learn your mate. And you have to know also um, that whatever you're projecting that is coming from your heart. Uh, And if whatever's happening on the inside of you, brother, if you haven't learned to love yourself first, if you haven't learned how to take and spend time with yourself, uh, you won't know how to nurture and help cultivate that relationship with, with that woman. Um, I will tell you this, the right woman will revolutionize your life. Uh, and I'm not saying you need to go out there and, uh, you know, just be knocking on everybody's door. Uh, but you need to make sure that, uh, this is the way I found it, Jay. Uh, grown folks don't know how to date. They don't know how to date under platonic conditions. And, um, if you make her your friend first, that means, you know, friends, we we don't we don't we don't kiss and touch in the movies, okay? Uh, friends, we're not visiting each other at one thirty at night. That that's not what friends do. All right, friends, uh, we're able to have a conversation because eventually, uh, all of those things, those accretements of of uh a successful relationship on the external, all that stuff gonna fade away. Yes. But if I can't sit with you and have a conversation about faith, family, finance. Uh, it's going to be a long road. Yes. So, Jay, what, what's your advice to the singles looking to get married?
2: Love your loneliness with God. You know, being alone with God is the best remedy to everything because he will fuel your fire with knowledge and wisdom, and he will begin to show you vision, and he will be able to show you who he needs you to be with because you become one. And you don't want to be with a counterfeit individual because you pick that person because the way their face or their body looks. Even a conversation we were having with some young people today, and I was asking the young men that you got to learn how to be a lion and a lamb. And you can't just be a lion because there's a lot of men who out here have a lion mentality that they want to devour something because that's all their input information is to do, is to devour but if you don't know how to be a lamb and be sacrificial, right. you will never understand on what it takes to be in a true relationship as a friend with your wife when she's at her worst moment, with your wife when she's at her greatest moment. Because we, this world has always told us, you know, go to college, have a couple kids, white picket fence, have a happy life. That is not a true statement. Your obedience, through your obedience, you suffering. That's scripture. And so you have to realize that the person that you're going to live this life with, just like Andre was talking about his wife, the changes are from going from a Reese's to a Twix, going from liking this flower or not liking this or changing her diet or being sick. And are you going to be there when they're sick? Are you really going to be there? And his God has given him an experience of being there for a mom. Not saying anything's going to happen to his wife, but he's already sacrificial. He's already wanting to give. And there's so much to do when it comes even to my wife. We're two different people yes. coming together. So there's going to be friction. There's things she's going to say and do that I really don't like. But if I don't understand my identity and who I am and I don't I don't understand my past and what I baggage I brought into it, I will always be walking around heavy, and when if I'm walking around heavy, i'm going to put a load on my wife that she just doesn't need and For me of uh, being married going on fourteen years it it wasn't easy year one, and it's not easy year fourteen, but what it is is it's great in the midst of not easy because we spend our time with God together. We spend our time with our kids with God and, but we spend our time alone with God. Then God can speak to us and say, look, that's you. I don't have anything to do with your wife. You need to fix it. And I just want to be a person who improves as a husband, as a brother, as um, a father more and more every day because, you know, my whole thing is we, our life is like a vapor and I don't want to waste the mist of life on my silliness or my arrogance or my, you know, selfishness because I don't want to submit to the throne. And if you're not willing to submit to the throne, how are you even going to know who you need to be with? So
0: one one of the things you said, Jay, which I think is characterized, um, love is characterized by sacrifice. And so we have to make sure that when we are in a position to sacrifice that we do it wholeheartedly. I'll be honest and I admit this uh on this microphone and I've already confessed it to my wife is that when I got married and for all of those who are husbands I know you can if you cannot wave your hand because you're sitting right next to your wife and you want her to think that you had it all planned out and together just sit there and like blink an eye or something <laughs> but when we when we got married I had no idea for real for real what it was going to take yeah. to be a husband <laughs> But what I did know is that I was going to be committed to whatever it did take in order to continue to be uh, my wife's husband. And I wanted to say this, you know, uh a lot of people talk about what's sexy. Commitment is the new sexy. Um Commitment is the new sexy. Can you be committed? Uh Can you be there? There are going to be some times that you drive your car around the house three times before you pull in the driveway. There gonna be some times where you cannot wait to pull your car into the driveway. Yeah. There are gonna be some times where you're gonna roll down the window and your wife might be waiting for you to pull up. Uh it's gonna be other times that she's gonna see you coming in and she's gonna shut the door.
2: <laughs> All right. It just depends on that moment. It just depends
0: on that moment. Um, but the one thing is like being committed to have fun with each other. And what we found uh is that most of the challenges that we have. Uh, Shalice, please chime in, mm-hmm. is that we find the friction starts to ki- kick up when we haven't spent that quality time. Yes, true. Uh, when we're coming and going, running, doing all these different things, you know, kids come into play. And we had this conversation years ago. Uh, I said, "Nah, please don't forget that it was the husband and wife that made us mama and daddy. All right? That's right.
2: right. And, keep uh, it fresh.
0: Yeah, got to keep it fresh. Keep it spicy. Yes. So, listen, we have... Two minutes to go. Here's my challenge to you all today. Listen, the drawing board is an excellent book. I need you to go on Amazon and purchase it today. Uh you can get it for $9.99 the hard copy or $5.99 uh for the ebook. Uh, I want you to make sure you go to Shalisa's page. Shalisa, where can we find you on social media? At Shalisa Ebron. On um
1: what is it called? Instagram. And then just Shalisa E. Brown on Facebook as well.
0: All right. Shalisa, on Instagram, you're always putting up the scriptural quotes in the morning. And people have said that they use your Instagram page uh, to get their day started, to get the their word
2: in for the day. Amen. All right. And Jay, where can they find you at, sir? They can find me on Facebook at James Hill Jr. They can find me on Twitter at J Hill Speaks, on Instagram at Jay Hill Speaks. And you can always invite me to come and be an impact from middle school to corporate America. And Jay Hill Speaks is about changing minds and moments. You can come and check out my website at www.jaylehill.com and check out the material that we got through our clothing line, through my workbook called Becoming a 21st Century Leader, through my journal called Changing Minds and Moments. But listen, if no one said this to you today, let me be the first. I love you. I appreciate you. I appreciate my boy, Andre Ebron, his wonderful queen, for allowing me to be a part of this conversation. Be blessed and have an awesome night tonight.
0: All right. And this is Andre Ebron, the host of The Drawing Board and the author of the book, The Drawing Board. I'm pubbing it again. Make sure you go out and buy it. I like to always say like this. Your future is not behind you. It is not before you it is within you. Again, I'm Andre Ebron. You can find me on at Andre underscore Ebron on IG, Andre Ebron on Facebook. You can go to EbronAssociates.com to reach me there. And my phone number is 313-663-8772. Looking forward to hearing from you there. And as we close out this evening, I just want to end it by lifting up the name of Jesus. Uh he is the author and the finisher of our faith faith. He is our bulwark. He is our kinsman redeemer. Uh he made us to be the first and not the last. He made us to be above and not beneath. He made us to be the lender and not the borrower. That his grace is sufficient for you. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. And that all things that are happening in your life is going to continue to work together until it works for your good. And I end with this. I'm looking at I'm looking at Kate to see how many minutes I got left. I got zero minutes left. God bless you and good night.